horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome to 2021. Happy New Year, I think. I Just coming out of a strange... Uh, uh, 48 hours or whatever you want to call it. I mean, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm, you, you get enough of this on the news, you tune into this for horse racing. So let's just, uh, move forward. Uh, uh my, my guest tonight is going to be Frank angst. And, you know, I, I was hoping he'd have a little crystal ball to tell us about what's, what he's expecting for, for the following year. But, as always, there's a big story that breaks uh, most Thursdays just before we go on air. And the headline was Blood Horse Magazine changing to a monthly offering Blood Horse Plus. So I had no idea this was going to happen. I Frank was already scheduled. So he'll come on and he'll update us on that. And then I got a kind of... Uh, you know, let's look at the rearview mirror and tell me what's in your crystal ball for the following year, which absolutely nobody has. But we'll see what Frank Angst has to say, uh, Eclipse Award-winning writer for uh, The Blood Horse. Uh, meanwhile, folks, I'm going to try to catch you up on two weeks <laughs> of uh, – news and happenings in the game and great races in this first segment i'll try to get as much news in as we can in the second segment i want to go over some of the races that uh we played over the last couple of weeks i'm sure you like me uh did a little uh on-air viewing and perhaps wagering and uh so we'll take a look at uh, the graded stakes races that happened uh, o over the last two weeks. This is good to be back here live with everybody. Uh, I do like the shows we selected for our rebroadcast on Christmas and New Year's Eve. And uh, always appreciate those guests. Those were two of the best that we've had. Um, meanwhile, while you're looking at the, uh, uh, the racing that's going to be gearing up, uh, don't forget – um, the Winning Pony site uh, offers the easy win forms, and we had one of our bigger hits just today down with Pete Aiello at Gulfstream Park. It was in the third race. A $1 Super 5 key paid $5,250 using the easy win forms. Well, we've really done well. We, we had uh, one, two, three... For five big hits at Gulfstream over just the last week. So, um, obviously, uh, the algorithms are working uh, down in South Florida. So, come on over and get your easy win forms. Well, um, not sure where to start. We'll let Frank carry the story on the blood horse. That makes the, the most sense. And then I got kind of a list of things that I want to go over with him, uh, get his reaction on from 2020. Now, so much news in the breeding and retirement business. Let's get right to it. And yeah, I'd have to say the biggest news is we won't see Tis the Law running in the Pegasus. 
Uh, so the Belmont and Travers winner has been retired to Ashford Stud. Uh, it was announced that he's going to stand at Coolmore um, starting in 2021. As a matter of fact, I've seen video. He's already down there. God, he's beautiful. But uh, according to Jack Knowlton, who's been a guest on this show, um, exercise rider Robert uh, Robin Smullen uh, felt something wasn't right following a routine gallop about two weeks ago at the Palm Meadows Training Center, and x-rays revealed some bone bruising at the bottom of the cannon bone. So they had three different vets look at it, and uh, they they just said that the, the, the next thing could be a fracture, uh, and it just wasn't worth the gamble. Excuse me, a little frog in my throat. Uh, so, uh, one of the most scintillating horses we have seen in that great, uh, story alongside funny side for Sacatoga stable, uh, made for a, a great story, but he was being pointed to the $3 million, uh, Pegasus cup. So, uh, tis the law who's absolutely gorgeous. He's really helping the career of constitution, the Windstar stallion. He won six of his first seven starts. Uh, before finishing his career of six one and one from nine starts, nice earnings, two million seven hundred thirty-five thousand. I remember it all started as a two-year-old when he won the Grade One Champagne. Uh, he kicked off uh, last season uh, with a victory in the Holy Bull, and then won the Florida Derby. It was just a uh, you know, a great, uh, a great thing to watch and, and a great story. I was happy for uh, Jack Knowlton and all of those people. But, um, you know, Coolmore will definitely take care. And I do believe it's been announced that uh, he's going to be standing his first season for $40,000. So get on down to Coolmore and breed your mare. All right, some more retirement news. Mucho Gusto has been retired. Uh, speaking of the Grade One Pegasus World Cup, he was the winner last year, and he has a soft tissue injury, according to his trainer, Bob Baffert, who uh, we'll discuss Bob's 2020 when we get Frank on. Uh, but uh, the issue had had, had uh, arisen, and uh, they're not sure what's going to happen as far as the the his stallion uh, fee or actually where he's going to go. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's a uh, career earnings, $3.9 million. So mucho gusto, uh, who was a very, very top runner. Uh, the Pegasus was just one of five, uh, graded races, uh, uh, won by the five-year-old chestnut. So, uh, we'll keep our ear to the ground and find out where he is going to pop up. This one just saw today on the blood horse site. And that's the fact that Shanghai Bobby's son, chance a lot is retiring with attendant injury. Uh, he finished second to Matoli in 2019 in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. He's a good-looking horse, obviously very fast, uh, but he's now five, and he'd been training at the fairgrounds. Uh, he recorded just last week a work of 101 uh, and one-fifth uh, for Steve Asmussen, um, 
and he was hoping to get over to Saudi Arabia with him. But he retires now with a 3-2-1 record from six starts for earnings of 624300 Well, this one, you know, horses live usually longer than 16 years old, but this great one didn't make it. I got to see her in person, Goldakova, the three-time Breeders' Cup mile winner has passed away at 16. Uh, the first horse ever to win the same Breeders' Cup race three times. Um, she's died in France. Uh, she was an Irish bred. And again, 16 years old. Check this out. Uh, she, she was trained by Freddie Head. She raced for five seasons and put together a record of 27 starts, 17 wins, six seconds, three-thirds, including 14 grade one or group one victories unbelievable believe what she made though over seven million dollars uh she was awarded european horse of the year and she earned both the eclipse award for outstanding female turf horse and the cartier award for champion older horse in 2009 and 2010 and uh, she's already been elected to the national museum uh, racing and hall of fame that was back in 2017 she got that honor uh just a, a, an amazing amazing mare um let's see she is the dam of uh, two winners from four starters uh does have a group three winner and uh, who's also group one place, that's uh, Tarakova. And uh, her final two foals are the unraced three-year-old uh, Golda Style and the unraced two-year-old uh, Layman by Galileo. So uh, she was not in foal at the time of her passing. Goldakova will be missed. Well, remember this big old horse, Dortmund? Multiple grade one winner. Uh, his uh, horses will be hitting the track this year. Uh, was standing at Bonita Farm in Maryland. And it looks like uh, he is going to be going to South Korea. Now, I hope you got to see Dortmund in person. Uh, he finished right there with American Pharaoh uh, in the Kentucky Derby. This horse was humongous. Uh, they must have shipped him in an 18-wheel trailer. <laughs> he was a beautiful individual, but you know, as as hard as Kaleem Shaw tried to to make him as a stallion, uh, he, he had him in the Mid Atlantic again at, in Maryland, and he, he just wasn't getting any action. Now he was a son of Big Brown, who hasn't set the world on fire, but uh, his initial fee was 7,500. And uh, so in his first season, he got 25 mares, then 14 mares, and 13 mares. And uh, I believe that the, there is a contract with South Korea that uh, he uh, uh, can come back uh, if Shaw wants him to, which is good. We know what just happened with Daredevil coming back uh, to Lane's End uh, from Turkey because he took off uh, amazingly. But uh, – uh, Shaw bought Dortmund for 140,000 uh, two-year-old in training sale, and uh, he was uh, retired in 2017. Eight two and two record from 16 starts, earnings of 1.9 million dollars. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Governor Cuomo in New York. Uh, say what you want about him. He realizes uh, that uh, hey, there's a way I can make money out there, and he has 
changed his mind on mobile sports betting in New York. Uh, he now supports it uh, as a way to bring in st- tax revenues that have been hammered down uh, during COVID-19. And in his own words, I'm here to make money for the state. So uh, anyhow, we'll see uh, how many hoops they got to jump through. Nothing's ever easy to get done in in New York. Uh, But nonetheless, you might be able to pick up your phone and make a bet in the Big Apple. And uh, how about Steve Asmussen? Got his 100th stakes win at the fairgrounds with Joy's Rocket. And uh, as the fairgrounds has been very important uh, to him. Um, his, his first stakes win was at the fairgrounds with valid expectations. Got to go back away. And uh, he did, that was the year 1995 put him over the million dollar earnings mark for the first time ever. Well, for those of you that follow racing at the fairgrounds in Louisiana and other places, uh, you might want to know that Jackie Kenny Bork died at 67 um just uh another uh one of those great louisiana guys abbeville louisiana not far from lafayette where so many cajun board born riders learned to ride at the bush tracks and uh so he did become a uh, a successful rider i remember watching him uh, live and in person down at the fairgrounds um he tried to get out of racing for a little while but it called him back and uh he was working as the assistant clerk of scales at churchill downs and keeneland they called him chopper because when he's kid and actually when he was an adult he had kind of buck teeth okay how about this black eye story <clears throat> C.J. McMahon, jockey, has been arrested and charged with attempted murder the day after New Year's. 26-year-old rider, um, illegal use of weapons, possession of marijuana. Uh, They say he was pulled over during a traffic stop about 4.30 in the afternoon. And according to the officer, the the drugs were found after discovering warrants that he attempted second-degree murder, I guess, at a red light or something he pulled a gun and took some shots um out out the window uh yeah this kid he's one of those guys been riding since he was uh, 16 and uh rode a lot of delta down sam houston and uh he's had some struggles during his young life we hope he overcomes them i know in 2017 he was suspended by indiana for uh testing uh positive for methamphetamine and thc all right one more news story and then we'll head to the second segment joel rosario is lighting him up out on the west coast he captured all three graded stakes events at santa anita and he has been elected jockey of the week honors uh that's for the week december 28th through january 3rd um just uh, he, he won uh, Friday in the grade two Joe Hernandez. He won on Hembry. And then um, following that, Saturday, uh, another twist of fate in the grade two San Gabriel. And then riding for Baffert in the grade two Santa Yanez aboard Calypso on Sunday. Uh, he's a native of the Dominican Republic and uh, currently sits second place in the Santa Anita standings. 
Um, he posted a 30% win percentage and was leading jockey by purse earnings. Whew, nice week, 554000 All right, what do you say we take a quick break and we come back? we got a little more news for you, and then I'll try to get to the best race results of the holiday season. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Alright, and speaking of John's, Jonathan Shepard Hall of Fame trainer whose horses excelled on dirt, turf, and certainly over steeplechase fences, announced last week that he is retiring from American racing and he's going to continue to train a small stable in Ireland. He, this guy, just a real class act. He's originally from England, uh, but he turned 80 last month. And uh, he's won every race and prize worth winning in American steeplechase racing. Uh, and then he also did very well on the flat. His horses won 15 Eclipse Awards behind only, that's a dynamic duo, D. Wayne Lucas and Bob Baffert. So uh, <clears throat> he's had a 56-year career, and he's going to, at 80 years old, going to go back to Ireland and just operate a small stable. So uh, it, an amazing man, Jonathan Shepard. And the uh, Eclipse Award winners in different categories are being announced. And uh, several people that have been on this show uh, have uh, taken home uh, Eclipse Awards uh, for uh, Natalie Voss. Uh, who works for the Pollock Report, uh, won not one, but two Eclipse Awards. She won one Eclipse Award for feature and commentary writing. Um, 
and another one for news and enterprise writing. So congratulations. I've been in contact with her, and I think I'm going to try to get her on the show next week. She's just a marvelous person and married to my friend, Joe Nevels, who also works for the Pollock Report. And in television features, two of my favorite guys, the Hennigan brothers, John and Brad, they won for NBC Sports Riders Up the world's first sports bubble. Uh, it was a very interesting presentation on, on, on how uh, they got things done at Santa Anita, despite all the COVID things, the jockeys getting, you know, trailers like they were uh, stars on a movie set and things like that. Um, so maybe I'll get one of the Hennigan boys back on here too. They're great, great guys. You may recall that they, they also produced the great first Saturday in May and my personal favorite, Iron Man, Perry Oots. So we'll, we'll, as we move up to the Eclipse Awards, we'll be giving you more winners. But those two are ones I wanted to mention because there's some great people involved. All right. Let's try to get to these race results. All right. Don't forget, it's the time of year where the minor awards are going out to both the Oaks and the Derby contenders. Uh, this is called the prep season, and uh, the point system is based on 10, 4, 2, and 1. So some of these races will be affected by that. <clears throat> Starting with the uh, San Yez, uh, for the girls. So this would be Oaks points. And the winner, already gave it away, Calypso sent away at odds on. Baffert decided to take blinkers off for the first time on this filly, and she pulled away with Joel Rosario in the saddle and then was just, you know, ridden out, you know, just galloped out, no big deal. So uh, keep an eye on her for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, then we're going to go back to the sham for the boys. And uh, this was one mile at Santa Anita. And guess who finished one, two out there? None other than the white haired man himself, Bob Baffert. Uh, the winner, uh, life is good over stable date. Medina spirit, who is nine to one life is good. It was one to five. Well, anyhow, Mike Smith lets him loose he breaks from the gate. Uh, just got, got took the, took the early lead. It looked like a public workout, but all of a sudden it was like, uh, Hey, uh, Mike, uh, stable mates coming. <laughs> and he looks over his shoulder. He goes, Whoa, I guess it's time to ride, but life is good. Uh, got the job done over Medina spirit. Another, uh, Baffert trainee and third was Parnelli. But what's interesting is, okay. Baffert trained authentic, right? Now he trains life is good. Life is authentic won this race, as did McKenzie one year. And uh, the uh, the time by life is good was a full second better than authentics. And I'm sure you'll remember authentic went on to win last year's Kentucky Derby. Then in the grade two San Gabriel, it was another twist of fate, Joel Rosario. In this case, Peter Miller went to a different equipment, blinkers on for another twist of fate, and got the job done over Bob and Jackie. 
Then the grade two, Joe Hernandez, great track announcer in his day. Uh, the winner again, Hembry, uh, ridden by Joel Rosario, trained by Peter uh, Miller, just a beautiful, well-judged ride, and was uh, let go at five to one. Not bad at all. Then we went down to uh, Gulfstream Park, uh, three-year-olds, but it wasn't graded, so no Derby points uh, were given out. But the winner, got to keep an eye on this horse, uh, Musta Beg, if I'm saying that correct, another talented son of Into Mischief. Um, trained by Todd Pletcher, throw out the Breeders' Cup turf. This race contested on the main track. He's a serious horse on the Derby Trail right now. Uh, one by one and a half over Pop 2, um, who was 20 to one. So keep an eye on that horse. Then the Jerome, this one for three-year-olds. And again, these horses, it wasn't graded, but it's 150,000 going a mile at Aqueduct. And the winner, Capo Kane, uh, wire to wire, won by six and a quarter at odds of seven to one over Eagle Orb. Then it was the Robert J. Frankel, of course, on the turf at Santa Anita. And the winner, no surprise, Mucho Unusual. Now, you know, John e. uh, Velasquez has moved his tack out to the West Coast. This was his third win of the day, a perfectly timed ride. Mucho Unusual gets the best of never be enough at 30 to 1. And then in the grade one, La Brea, 300,000. It was upset time, folks. The winner was Fair Maiden. The first grade one stakes win for Ricky Gonzalez, the jockey. He rated this horse, finished very strongly. Fair Maiden gets the grade one La Brea. Congratulations to uh, Ricky Gonzalez. Uh, second in that race was Golden Principal, ridden by Mike Smith. Then it was at Santa Anita, the San Antonio. Uh, this was a grade two at a mile and a 16th. And another price horse, 15 to one, with Mike Smith in the saddle, kiss today goodbye. This horse was very far back, and once uh, Mike got the horse in gear, just absolutely exploded. But I don't know. I, I, I can't think of the last time that they let Mike Smith, the uh, uh, ridden horse, go away at 15 to 1, but they did in the San Antonio. Then we went to the grade one Malibu. Now, this is at seven furlongs, but it is for three year olds. So don't be surprised when you see Charlton heading towards a longer race or a graded race. Uh, for none other than Bob Baffert. You may recall that uh, this is one of the horses that was uh, um, just dominated the Arkansas Derby, is on paper undefeated, but they took that victory away because of a, a small trace of lidocaine, which the assistant trainer said was on his hands because he put a lidocaine patch on his back that day. So Charlatan, Another one of Baffert's horses, and he will be loaded for the Derby. Uh, the horse was sent away at 8-5. to five. Nashville was sent away at 6-5, to five, had early speed but tired. And Charlatan raided for Mike Smith and just blew him away and won in hand. So 
put a ring around Charlton and put them on your Derby watch list if you, in fact, have one. Um, then uh, we wind the clock back to the day after Christmas, and it was the Grade 1 American Oaks $300,000 on the table. And the winner in here, Duopoli, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, a Chad Brown trainee going a mile and a quarter on the turf. Now, this horse is, hasn't done anything but race on turf, so it'll be very interesting to see if they want to move this filly to the main track and maybe kind of point her to the Kentucky Oaks. But right now, she's made six career starts and has four victories. Um, great job by Flavian Pratt, who uh, uh, put her on the front end and just lulled everybody to sleep. Uh, almost 25 first quarter second and almost 50 second uh uh, half mile and this horse just rebroke in the line in the lane and and took it over the favorite sharing ended up finishing third uh then we had at santa anita the uh, mathis brothers mile and the winner in here with a strong finish was smooth like straight this three-year-old's now made 12 starts and has six victories in taking down the grade two two hundred thousand dollar mathis brothers mile and again uh these uh, horses are three-year-olds so some of them are going to meet down the road at some of the bigger races for sure and then at los ale well we know the king of los ale is when it comes to uh stakes races none other than bob baffert and uh he got the job done with spielberg he needs to he needs to win more grade two races uh, with this horse as the horse cost a million dollars uh spielberg is uh, was a two-year-old colt but hey happy new year and happy birthday and so spielberg will be on the derby trail and this was a derby points race so the Sunny Union Rags gets 10 points, and it was a thrilling race, though, as impressive as he was. Keep an eye out for the great one. Let away at 15 to 1, let all but the last jump. And uh, so you might want to keep uh, an eye on this Doug O'Neill trained son of Nyquist. Again, more horses for the Derby list. Uh, down at Gulfstream Park, they had the Mr. Prospector, a grade three, seven furlong race. And the winner in there, Sleepy Odds Todd. Tyler Gaffleone was in the saddle, got the upset win over Ferenz Fire, who was the favorite, who checked in in second. And then we go to Remington Park. And so what brings us there, John? Well... A Derby points race. It was the Remington Springboard Mile, $200,000. Uh, this is, uh, at the time, they were two-year-olds, uh, stretching out to a mile. And the winner, bit of a long shot, Senor Buscador, who went last to first, which tells us um, he probably doesn't have distance limitations. So uh, he's a son of mine shaft. Um who was written by Louis Quinones, uh, who's really done well for himself uh, out there at uh, Remington. And uh, it's checking in the second, getting four derby points was 
Cowan, who was moving to the main track after three consecutive turf wins as a juvenile. Wow, I got through all the race results. I can't believe it. So I got a little more news to give you. Uh, I uh, talked about Dortmund going to South Korea. Well, guess who's coming back from Turkey? He's already at Lane's End. None other than Daredevil. They must have had an agreement, but it sounds to me like Turkey actually... uh, the, the people that own him want him to stand at Lane's End. Now, they had a, a public showing of all the stallions uh, last week. But, uh, boy, uh, last year uh, he was the second crop stallion that sired uh, the Oaks winner, She Dares the Devil, and the Preakness winner, Swiss Skydiver. Uh, nine-year-old son of More Than Ready, back from Turkey and ready to breed mares down there at Lane's End. So uh, it's just, uh, it's been pretty amazing. Other good news, Oaklawn Park is going to allow limited fans at the 2020 meet. So at least they're going to have it, but they're not going to have the huge crowds they have. Great place to go and watch the races. And the great Azari has been retired from the breeding shed in Japan. And our new job is going to be a lead pony with the weanlings on the farm, northern farm in Japan. Well, that's a whole lot of racing and racing news. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Eclipse Award winning writer Frank Angst. Take a look at 2020 and a peek into 2021. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. 
Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, one of the good guys of the game for sure, uh, Frank Angst. Uh, I have mine at least quarterly. Now, this is going to be a little bit different because normally I have Frank Angst on because he's really an outstanding handicapper. Uh, but the, the racing's kind of uh, medium uh, uh, this week, and I thought, well, let me just get Frank Angst on. Um, he's he's a great writer. He's a, a student of the game. He's always looking. He's in aware. And no sooner do I uh, get lucky enough to get Frank to come on, but about an hour ago when I went up to check on my, ah, any last news from the Blood Horse, I find out that the Blood Horse, of which I have so many issues, I think I'm pending divorce. Um, <laughs> get those magazines out of here. Um, that the Blood Horse is going from a weekly to a monthly and is going to be offering Blood Horse Plus, Frank, welcome back to Winning Ponies. How are you doing? Hi, John. Thanks for the intro. Do my best with the handicapping. <laughs> Sometimes they go my way. Uh, but oh, yeah, doing, yeah, doing well, all things considered. A uh, lot going on in the world. I, I, for, for how, I don't know how much longer. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, you, as, as soon as it was you know midnight uh, on uh, New Year's Eve, we all looked at each other and said, well, thank God that's over. And then we had yeah. what was happening in D.C. I actually, I saw one guy walking through the crowd with a Bud Light. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I just, uh, I think it was one of the saddest days for our country that I've ever seen, but, uh, we, we could quick, quickly waste our, all our minutes. If, uh, no, 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 no. Talking about the, that. That's when, a topic be more for another to talk some racing. <laughs> all right. Well, well, let's, let's talk. So first of all, let me hear from your words, uh, the changes in the blood horse, what I'm going to see, uh, what information you're still going to provide me online. Uh, and uh, it, it, I know you're changing a monthly magazine, but it sounds like it's going to be a little bit bigger. I think they said it was going to be about 100 pages every month. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to shut up and let you talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make that commitment. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things, obviously, there's a lot of people at Blood Horse who have taken a lot of pride and have a lot of love for the, the weekly magazine that we've had for so many years, but, but things are changing for sure. in, in the publishing world and, you know, I'm a, my, my two favorite magazines have, have always probably been sports illustrated and Esquire and sports illustrated is a monthly now, I believe. And Esquire, I think it's a quarterly. Uh, so, so things change. And, uh, what we are going to do is just really make a commitment to making that monthly magazine just something special each month. Uh, some longer articles, um, just going in depth on on story, on news type stories, uh, features. You know, we've always gone in depth there, and we'll continue to do that. And maybe make them a bit longer, and then just uh, some fun regular features all the time. Um, the good news on uh, on people who enjoy the, the free platforms that Blood Horse has, we're not going to have any changes there. We still have the bloodhorse.com website, which is the uh, most popular site out there. And uh, Blood, Horse News, Blood Horse Daily, our newsletter that goes out every day, 
and it just has an unbelievable amount of information in it every day that, that continues to be free to anyone that subscribes to it. And um, we're going to launch a Blood Horse Plus platform, which will, uh, I know, like, there's a lot of different ideas. I, I know it's going to be video, a lot of video heavy. That's, that's one thing I know is going to happen right away. Um, we have agreements in with the good people at Naira and, and uh, Fox, so it's going to be uh, pretty special. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so now, do, do I pay a little extra for Blood Horse Plus? Yeah, and you know what? I didn't do the research on what that will cost, so that that's on me, John. I should have well, looked no, that no, up. No, it's, uh, it's not even in your press release that just came I will be getting it free. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, just walk in the office and get one. I get it. I get but it. But it. it's going to be very reasonably priced. And I mean, I, I know uh, everyone's kind of used to this world of, of micro pricing. Right? You know, it's like Netflix is eleven bucks or whatever, and you get all this, all these great shows for a whole month. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a small price and, and <laughs> a lot, a lot of return. Well, I'm just glad uh, to, to hear that uh, most of your excellent award-winning staff is uh, are, are the ones that are going to be, you know, churning out the information and and photography. Uh, I do get the daily, um, and you know, I've developed a lot of friendships with the people at the Blood Horse, so I'm glad that uh, the same quality is going to be there, only bigger and better at the end of the month. But you still get your daily information if you want it now. Frank, I told you, uh, I wanted you to look in the rear view, and hopefully we can get to your crystal ball. But uh, a look back at 2020, uh, the uh, with all the shakeups on the national level, the people that could not have been happier uh, were uh, Navarro and Service, who were in the middle of that doping scandal. And I forget what happened on the national scene, but so all of a sudden their story moved to page eight. And uh, I haven't heard anything lately. Have you? Uh, well, just just as COVID uh, impacted the sport and, and everything else in the world, it impacted their uh, their litigation. Um, things have been pushed to. I wanted to look up that exact date because I knew you would ask me, but I feel like it's in late spring as the next scheduled hearing. Uh, so yeah, the now they'll not not those two individuals, but there have been a few individuals have pleaded guilty. Uh, that are not as well known, um, but they they have pleaded. Those two individuals have pleaded not guilty, and they'll have their day in court later this year. Well, speaking of his it, day, or, in- or, or don't cut a deal, as you know. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> everyone's innocent until proven guilty. I totally respect that as an American, and uh, how, however that plays out, but that'll definitely be something we continue to follow. Well, uh, speaking of uh, litigation. <laughs> Where are where are we with the Ahmad Zayat dealings uh, concerning American Pharaoh and a lot of people that feel they were cheated out of money? Yeah, I mean, and that that whole filing that that uh, that continues and that'll continue to be a big story. I, I haven't. Uh, I, Eric Mitchell's been our workhorse on that, and I should check in with him on on how that's going. Well, all right, all right. Now let's look back at 2020. How about the ups and downs of Bob Baffert? You had the the 
justify and this glopamine issue. You had the lidocaine positives, which I think are nothing. And then he wins the Kentucky Derby on a year where the Derby's run you know, four or five months later than it was supposed to. Yeah, I mean, the the, the racing performance, he, he just continues to be the dominant force in the sport in terms of the dirt racing, um, you know, which is really... It's still the, the turf racing's definitely moved up in the world, in the U.S. racing world, but dirt is still the people want to win the Derby and they want to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, and, and he won them both with the same horse. So he's probably looking at Horse of the Year with Authentic, and I think he'll have a championship from the spectacular Demean. But uh, it's like you said, it's the tale of, of two. Uh, there's two stories there because I mean, Demean has she had failed two post-race tests. Um, and, and Bob's, I know, contesting those and has pointed out the contamination issue, and that's going to continue to play itself out. But it is, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing that uh, these high-profile pro, high pro, pro, high horses are failing these tests. And, um, we've seen some high-profile trainers have some positives before, but he's had a year where some of these top horses have had failed tests. Now, all that said, for, for people that maybe are not, for maybe are new to the sport, these are all therapeutics. None of these were to in, improve performance on the track that day. But, but there are rules in place and, you know, that protect the horses and that protect other horsemen. And um, so that's, we'll see how that plays out. Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I, again, you know, it's almost like authentic got lost with the way the Derby was run in September. Um, it, right. it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. Uh, I know that, uh, uh, Alex Evers, uh, the photographer won his eclipse award for a picture of the spectatorless, uh, Kentucky Derby. Now, uh, do you think that the Derby will ever be uh, packed again? And, Please tell me you think we're going to go back to the original Triple Crown series schedule. Yeah, that that should happen this year. I mean, I, you know, Churchill Downs has made that big commitment to be in the first Saturday of May this year. I, I think they're going to stick with that. Um, I mean, even if I, I don't expect that they'll have a full house this year by any stretch, but they they definitely want to have. More, more than last year, you know, they want to have as many people as they can do safely. And those, those got the guidance on that changes every day, but it's hopefully knock on wood with the immunizations that are out there. They'll be able to pull that off. And, and I really feel like in hindsight, and I, I'm not criticizing them because we, you have to put yourself back when these decisions were being made, there was just a lot of unknowns. I think at the end of the year, they, they might have, Churchill Downs might have wished that they had kept it closer to the original date. Um, I think it got a little bit lost in the shuffle by the time it got to September. Well, I certainly in terms know. Of, in terms of, especially reaching the, you know, the fans that maybe tune in for the Derby, and that's about it. Um, it certainly was a great race. Uh, unfortunately, uh, boy, I, I was there, and it, it, was, it was surreal. It was very strange. Well, also, if it had been run on the original date, we wouldn't have seen some of those horses in the field. And I got a funny feeling that Tis the Law would have been the Derby winner. 
I'll tell you, I'm a big Tisdale fan, but let, let's also remember that on the actual Derby date, Bob Baffert slept both divisions of the Arkansas Derby with Charlatan and uh, Nadal. And uh, boy, Charlatan gave us a big reminder just before the end of the year that he's the real deal with that win out at Santa Anita. Boy, that was impressive. So I, I tend to agree with you, but I also... Boy, I just have so much respect for Bob in that race. Well, you know, speaking of spectatorless racing, uh, a place you're very familiar with, Turfway Park in northern Kentucky, um, the, the, they're they're doing without a grandstand, and yet they are up sixty five percent in handle. I've got to think yeah. maybe they're thinking twice. Do we really need to invest in a grandstand when we can make this kind of money without that investment? <laughs> I mean, they've definitely done a great job of marketing marketing that signal. Um, people are looking for, for diversions right now. and I mean, for all the challenges of COVID-19, thank goodness in this industry we have the ADWs out there that were ready ready made for people to wager from home and turfway's taken full advantage of that uh, of course the, the you know about the delay in in the in the grandstand is not tied to racing at all that's largely just tied to churchill downs which now owns turfway waiting to see what's going to happen on this historical horse racing which has brought so much revenue into horse racing in kentucky and has really allowed it to be everything that it can be. And it, and it's delivered on the other end, too, with jobs and economic activity in the state. Right. And it's, you know, it's the HHRs sent money directly to the state. But even beyond that, just the, the, the money that the state gets from that ac- economic activity. And uh, the good news tonight was, as Governor Bashir has supported that all along, uh, so what I should give some background. In September, the Kentucky Supreme Court ruled that it's not paramutual. And uh, these games have been allowed under law because they said that they were paramutual. So there's a legal issue there that threatens to shut those games down. Uh, so Churchill's waiting to see that be resolved. Even the Supreme Court, when they made their decision, they they were practically shouting out, hey, legislature, hey, lawmakers, put the law in place that makes this legal. You're not too far off. So Governor Bashir in his address just uh, at 7 o'clock tonight, again reiterated his support for that. Uh, he, Governor Andy Bashir is a Democrat. Uh, two leading Republicans earlier this week on Kentucky Tonight, they both expressed, they both said that this is the main because people also want to approve sports gambling, they both emphasized um, that the HHR needs to get done. It, it's high on their priority list. People realize what's at stake. So let's all cross our fingers that there's enough support out there for this, uh, for getting this done, because, uh, boy, the Kentucky racing and breeding re- really needs this. And, well, I, and once that gets, once let's think positively, so I'll, I'll say it this way, once that does get done, I think very quickly Churchill will put up a, a nice facility at Turfway. I, I agree. I, I think it's a wait and see. And I almost think that historical racing, which we know looks just like a slot machine, um, may be joining almost at the same time, I hope, 
uh, legal, legalized sports betting. Uh, I mean, I mean that would be just so tremendous if, if you could. Yeah, on New Year's Day when you had those great, all those great bowl games, college playoff games. You know, you could show up there at eleven in the morning, do your handicapping of a couple race cards, look at all the bowl, big bowl games, put a few hundred dollars through on everything. I mean, it would just be an enjoyable day. Um, I, I and I, I think it would be well supported in Kentucky. Yeah. It's it, the, the games of skill, you know, for horse play. To me, like sports betting is so much more up the alley of the, of the horse player than pulling a slot machine. I mean, who cares with the slot machine? But uh, you know, when you when you have some fun and you get to express your opinion through a little bet, I mean, that's what horse racing betting is about, and that's what sports betting is about. Yeah, and I really think those facilities would be would be full. Uh, with the dual I, I, reason, yeah. you could have you could have night racing. Let's say let's say at Turfway, <clears throat> but during the afternoon, like let's take this weekend for example, you've got all these NFL playoff games. If they could exactly. go and bet on those, and then stick around, <clears throat> bet the horses when when post time kicks up, it, it, it's a win win for the racing industry. And, and I think it would be one of the best ways to bring new fans to the sport. Because you have people that, so if you're a sports better, you already understand that game. And you understand that, uh, you know, you've watched the last two games of some team and you have some opinion on how they're going to play today and you put down a bet. Well, that game's going to go on for three hours. And, uh, you know, while you're sitting there with your friends watching the, the games, there's going to be your horse races going off. And, and you, out of curiosity, people are going to wonder what, you know, what, how do you play this game? And it's something to something that you know for you and me. It's probably going to be the main attraction, and the sports betting something extra. But we we would love to have the people that the sports betting is their main drive. But now, hey, let's give horse racing a shot. So I, th- I think in that respect, that that full package of gambling entertainment, I, I think it would bring a lot of people to the sport. And I th- I, I mean, goodness, I wish COVID nineteen had never happened. But one very small small thing for racing this year is I do think it's brought in a lot of a lot of new fans that were at, were at home and they couldn't go to the and they might be gamblers they couldn't go to the casino they might be sports fans they couldn't watch their favorite team but hey horse racing was able to keep going at so many tracks and uh, it was a real and I, there were sacrifices made and people had to work hard to pull that off so, All right, so well, racing deserves a pat on the back for sure the voice at the other end of this broadcast is none other than Eclipse Award-winning team member Frank Angst. Works for the Blood Horse. I'm being told I got to get out of here. So, Frank, thanks so much for joining me tonight. And I pray for the day that I walk in a press box and see your smiling face again. That'll be a good day, John. It will be. It's All right, be Frank. Soon. It's going to be soon. I love that you're positive answer. Frank Eggs for the Blood Horse. I, I, I want to thank my producer, Josh Bygosh, and I want to thank you. Pull down those easy win forms. We had a huge hit this afternoon. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. 
Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.